Accredited Master Coach, Speaker, Author, and Podcaster. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can do approach. Each one of their stories is unique, each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode of The Can Do Way, I'm speaking to Justine Hales, body confidence and wellbeing coach and online fitness instructor. Now, Justine provides women with body confidence and wellbeing coaching in a safe and fun environment to exercise together online. What can be safer and more fun than working out in the comfort of your own home? Through her coaching and fitness career so far, Justine has worked with over 500 women, each one with their own unique requirements and goals. She's developed a real passion for helping women of all ages, different shapes and sizes, and varied physical abilities to reach their potential. And not only does Justine have a passion for working with women on a physical health level, She's also come to understand that you must work on yourself and your confidence from the inside too. It's the inner self that inspires Justine's work and her love of self-care practices. So welcome to the show today, Justine. Oh, thank you so much, Gail, for inviting me. And what a fantastic introduction. Thank you so much. (laughs) Wonderful. So let's hear your story then, Justine. If you can take the listeners on a short walk through your life, just to give them a glimpse of your background and how you got started as being the body confidence and wellbeing coach. Thank you so much. Well, um, the journey really started when I was the owner manager of a Curves Fitness for Women gym. Um, that was from 2013 to 2019. Prior to that, I was working in various different offices, all kinds of jobs behind a desk, sales, marketing, admin, logistics, all that kind of thing. And it was one thing that led to another that took me to becoming an owner manager of a Curves franchise. Uh, So for your listeners who aren't familiar with Curves, it's a women-only fitness franchise. And uh, I owned one here in the UK, in Southwest London. Um, So for your listeners, i might be confused about my accent and talking about Southwest London. Uh, I'll go back a little bit further. I was born (laughs) and raised in the US to a British father and an American mother. And I came to live in London during university days. So I have been in London for um, almost 22 years now. So my main passion and career in fitness started and fitness and well-being started when I was the owner manager of Curves. But I suppose growing up in a house with two doctors and a lot of jobs that I've had in healthcare and on the fringe of medicine and healthcare in that way, I've always had some kind of an interest in working with women and uh, getting into well-being and health and fitness and in that way. 
Fabulous. And what a what a great introduction. And it leaves so much scope for us to explore more. So you've got your cuppa there, so we can just keep having a chat about your story, Justine. So I just wanted to come back to what you said straight at the start, where you had previous to your curves manager role, you had mm-hmm. been behind the desk. So yeah. maybe sitting down on the job and and uh, not moving as much as you obviously have been uh, as a curves manager and now helping people to to move their bodies more so what was the what was the drive do you feel that gave you that impetus to say i want to switch sitting into more of an active role that's a great question um after university i just took a job you know, I mean, you finish university, you don't exactly know what you're going to do. My degree is in marketing. Um, although having said that, my degree is in marketing from 2002, uh, before social media kind mm-hmm. of came onto the scene. So um, whilst the principles of my degree are there and the foundations are there, most of what I do in terms of marketing my business now is all, you know, self-taught and learned on learned on the go, basically. But um, you know, you come out of university and unless you've gone on a track of becoming a, a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher, there isn't like a guaranteed job at the end of that or a guaranteed path really at the end of that. So you stick yourself on the job market, on the job websites, you go on to the recruitment agencies and you just kind of get yourself a job, um, which is what I did. And I worked uh, first in retail and then that didn't really suit me. So I got a job um, in an office. And actually the, the first job that I had in the office was for a company so interesting. I absolutely loved working with them. Um, it's a stem cell storage company. Okay. So they actually, yeah, they cryogenically freeze stem cells taken from babies umbilical cord blood. Mm-hmm. Um, which is absolutely fascinating. It's in it's it's an industry that I'm absolutely you know fascinated by. And so then the type of medicine that my parents did um, was gynecology and obstetrics. Mm-hmm. So when I was young, I spent quite a lot of time on maternity wards. You know, waiting for my mom to finish her rounds to take me home for dinner or whatever after school. So uh, when I got this job, I thought, wow, this is really in alignment with what I grew up with and what I know, because although it's on the business side of things, it's still there has the the finger on the pulse, if you will, of something mm-hmm. healthcare related and something related to the language and the jargon that I knew from maternity wards and that. So I was there for quite some time. Uh, and then then I got a little bit itchy feet, I guess, and thought, well, you know, I'm still very young. It's my first proper job out of university. I should explore and see what else is out there. So I ended up getting a job in sales. And then I ended up going back to the stem cell company. Um, Then I did a whole bunch of various things and just nothing really seemed to fulfill me, I guess, you know, they were always just the (laughs) J-O-B, you know, it it was never really anything that I was super, super excited about. And then um, 
in my last, I'm doing air quotes here, um, proper job of, you know, office job or paid employment job that I had before I became the owner manager of the Curves franchise, um, I had become a member of a local Curves. And to say that becoming a member of the local Curves was life-changing is a complete understatement. It was at a time where I was literally just going to work, doing my thing, um, not really excited about life, I guess, literally just getting up, going to work, going home, doing whatever. And then when I went to Curves, this whole movement of my body and the whole exercise and the whole community of working out with women and, and just... I I was not only losing weight, but I was gaining confidence and I was losing body fat and I was gaining just more excitement for life and my lifestyle started to change and everything just sort of improved really. And that I felt was a bit of the, the one thing I suppose that I'd really changed in my life. Um, and I was having a conversation with the owner of that particular Curves franchise and she just planted the seed. She just told me about her friend, Claire, who owned a Curves gym, who was potentially looking to retire. And would I think about taking over a franchise? And at that time, I thought, me? <laughs> Be a business owner? Really? I don't, I don't know. And I just kind of, you know, pushed the whole idea away and thought, no, not me. You know, that I suppose there was a bit of imposter syndrome there. I was like, "Mm, me, really? I just, I just do my nine to five. Like, you know, and then I suppose this little seed started germinating and, um, and I cannot tell you that that year was smooth sailing by any means. And it certainly wasn't a one thing leads to another and it just happened. It was it was a hard year. But at the end of that year, I took over the franchise and became the owner manager. And um, it was amazing. It was it was, again, another real like life changing pivotal moment in uh, in my career. That is so refreshing to hear, you know, and what started out as something, and I could even hear it in your voice, and I'm sure the listeners will take note there as well, that when you were talking about your, even though you were um, loving the the stem cell healthcare connection of the things that were familiar from your childhood, you were saying, and you you were very flat when you said them, there was nothing that seemed to fulfil you and nothing was Mm. getting you out of bed each day to just go, this is exactly what I want to do. Mm. But by taking one small step, and that is such a key part of this can-do mindset, is often it's that one moment, that one conversation, that one experience that can transform everything. And as you said, that power of the on button being switched in you by that owner who planted that seed she just ignited you into something that has become a real passion and so by the end of your story just there you were I could hear the joy in you Mm -hmm. saying you know the seed grew you've gone through some experiences which we'll just explore now but you the seed is growing and you're continuing to nurture and grow and build and all of these positive outcomes from taking that leap of faith and having a can-do mindset. 
Yeah. So I just wanted to revisit for a moment the point where you said, you know, that imposter syndrome, that mm. really am I the person to become a business owner? I've never run a business before in my life. And this is a question that gets many people stumbled and often is an obstacle because they just think, am I worthy of this? I'm doubting mm-hmm. myself. Do I have the mm-hmm. confidence to do this? Do I believe in myself enough? Tell us a bit about those experiences you were going through and how you turned it around. You faced that challenge and you changed and now you are in a position of thriving. Well, at that time, it was like the ball started rolling. Such mixed metaphors here, planting <laughs> the seeds and balls rolling. But uh, but it was it was just that that year when I was in in communication with the Curves franchise franchise store, um, and when I was in communication with the previous owner of the franchise mm-hmm. that I took over. Um, and the you know solicitors about leases and the legal this and the legal that and it was just i mean it was it was a very challenging year in that way because there was always like will i get it won't i get it what will happen what won't happen and there were so many times that i thought about walking away but i was like well i really invested my time and my effort in this and what else would I do and this is really where I want to go and there really was all of this like flip-flopping and it, it did take the best part of a year and then I basically got the keys everything was signed I got it all and it was like oh my goodness like now what you know because I um I had had manager in my title before in some of the jobs that I'd had leading up to this point, but I'd never actually managed people. I'd never Mm -hmm. managed a team of people. I'd only really just managed myself or had manager in title alone. Um, And now I'm at a stage where I'm like, the owner manager, you know, my name is on the top of the door, you know, profit and loss, the buck stops here. Like, although I'm (laughs) franchisee at this stage, yeah. Although I'm the franchisee at this stage. And of course, you know, as a franchisee, you have the support of the franchisor and there's the, there's the framework there and you have your mentors within the, within the organization, but ultimately it's still your business. Um, and the staffing is, they're yours, they're your staff and the members there, they're your members. Like, you know, the, the growth of the business is all down to you, um, or me in this case. Um, so that's why, um, yeah, there, there really was that kind of, you know, flip-flopping there, the mind monkeys, the imposter syndrome, like whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Um, but I just, I just kind of pushed through it because I was like, well, I've made this decision. I've made this choice. I've committed to this and this is what I want and this is what I'm doing. So it's time to make it work. Um, and I'm really, really, really proud to tell you that it, that it did work. I mean, when I took over the business, um, it was not thriving, um, but at the point of selling the business, it was. So I can definitely pat myself on the back and tell you that that was a very successful and fulfilling chapter of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what a wonderful word of choice where you'd said moving from nothing fulfilled you before in the other roles you'd taken to now you're saying that you built it, you grew it to a certain stage, you sold it, and you made it work. And that mm. 
achieved you so much fulfillment to just say, you know what, I can do this and you made it happen. And it's that, that I think you'll, you'll share my, this with me. I mean, I've been in business now for almost 17 years and it's that you have to have that grit, that determination and that tenacity to say, you know, I'm going to face obstacles along the way. I'm going to learn about myself and I'm going to have times where I don't know what to do and then I have to ask myself well who can help me get through this or what do I need to think about in myself and why am I letting myself hold myself back etc etc but ultimately if you really want to make something work and and achieve that fulfillment in your life you have to pursue it and you have to really work hard Um, and you need to have that drive in you that can-do mindset which is so evident in in your story. So you then sold the curves and then you are now on your own then, Justine. This is your business, your body confidence and wellbeing coach. Yep, absolutely. I I am going it alone. Um, And everything that you've just said, it's, it's just so absolutely spot on and so absolutely appropriate to kind of where I then transitioned into the next chapter, which is the chapter that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Because in terms of timelines, um, the sale of Curves happened in February 2019. Mm-hmm. And for the next couple of months uh, in 2019, I didn't know exactly what to do. And I went on a little bit of a career break because although um, although I left Curves on a bit of a high, since entering into the coaching world, I've learned about the term burnout, which is something that I wouldn't have said that I had been experiencing towards the end of my time at Curves, but... I think if I had carried on in the way that I was, I probably was heading for burnout. So when I had the opportunity after the sale to take a bit of a break, I thought, you know, this is what I need. I need to take a little bit of a a career break here. Focus on me, focus on my self-care. I had sort of started a bit of a spiritual awakening at Mm -hmm. that point. So I thought this is a really good opportunity to explore that. Um, And then fast forward to March 2020. So I don't know if you and your listeners might remember what happened at Mm -hmm. that point in time. (laughs) Um, But I was still more or less on this career break at that time. So then I was just like, wow, okay, now what do I have to do? So then then the can-do attitude had to spring back into Mm -hmm. force Mm -hmm. because I thought, you know, how how am I going to cope? What am I going to do? And um, when I started doing a bit of soul searching there, and one of the ways that I coped with the start of the pandemic is I threw myself into online networking Mm -hmm. because I wanted to surround myself with like-minded people who were still focusing on their businesses now um you know with online networking or any kind of networking especially with small to medium-sized businesses type networking the networking that I do tends to be with either you know SMEs or one-man bands Mm -hmm. solopreneurs sole traders 
And I really surrounded myself online at that time with people really that do have this can-do attitude because they were still going online. They were, you know, changing their business models to put themselves online. They were really pushing forward with this positivity of, okay, we can't go outside. We can't run our businesses in the traditional way. How are we going to do this? So that's where I surrounded myself. And in doing that, I was really inspired by a lot of people. And I was very drawn to a lot of people in the coaching world, in the therapeutic spaces, in the alternative medicine spaces, and having lots of online one-to-ones with people and just absorbing all of this positivity from people. You know, there's so much negativity outside of the walls, but like on my laptop, there was all of this positivity. And I then met uh, a coach who does something similar to me. And she introduced me to the Institute of Body Confidence Coaching uh, with Astrid Longhurst. And that's I I put myself on the course and trained and then, you know, certified as a body confidence and well-being coach. Mm -hmm. And in that time as well, I thought, well, I have all of this experience with um, training the women and exercising with curves and circuit training and that sort of thing. Lots of people are going online with fitness. Why don't I try that too? So I went online. I put some classes together. I started advertising for some online fitness and uh, ladies started to attend and they still do. And that, you know, that's what made me an online fitness instructor. So, and then I launched the body confidence coaching alongside that. So it's uh, that's basically how the business was born and developed and yeah i'm i'm going it alone uh but because i do so much networking and because i surround myself with this like-minded positive group of people who i know like and trust through networking it doesn't feel like i'm alone mm-hmm. i agree with you very much that networking gives you that power it, it does, it supports you, it nourishes you, it feeds you and it's, it's those people are there, they have your back and, and mm. especially at a time that we've all gone through in the world, um, we need more than anything that, that sense of purpose and the community that networking can provide us with and knowing that you have a group of people who you can tap into and who are like you having good and bad days, mm. having successes and failures in business as well. And you can just lean on each other and pick each other up as well. And you learn so much from other people when you give yourself the chance. Yeah. I just Absolutely. wanted to, sorry, go on. I was going to say, oh, I was just going to say, you know, that's how you and I met, you know, exactly. I mean, we have, we have the, the last couple of years in the pandemic to thank for introducing us because it was mm-hmm. through networking that we met. That's right. That's right. And it's so, so powerful. But it's it's about longevity. It's about yeah. sustaining those relationships and, oh, yes. and continuing them. You can't, there's no point when you're working for yourself in business to actually alienate anybody. Don't, it's not about showing up for a little while and running away. It's saying, well, how can I expand? How can I support? And how can I keep growing myself and those in my circle as well? Mm-hmm. I wanted to tap into one point before I just ask you your three can-do tips, sure. Justine. 
that you 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 mentioned about that career break, and I mm-hmm. think from the listener's perspective as well, other people out there might be thinking, "Wow, why did she do that?" And at a time that, as of course, COVID presented itself, none of us were aware it was going to happen. But it appears to me that that time off that you allowed your brain to slow down and really dig deep and explore what you wanted to do taking forward really gave your can-do mindset a chance to rest and recharge, but then it propelled you into this new arena of going out networking and and achieving what you've achieved today. And just in summary there is that from the start and from your childhood experience with parents who are in the medical industry, your experience of healthcare, you've really come full circle in all that you've tapped into and you chose perhaps a longer route. You had diversions along the way. But mm. it's it's wonderful to hear that, in essence, you've always had something that's been familiar that you have, in fact, now tapped back into, but you've grown so much as a person uh, to get to where you are today. That's such, what a what a wonderful <laughs> summary and uh, and a view on on what I've said. Yes, thank you. I, you know, I'm going to have to listen back to what you said to, <laughs> to, to reflect on what a what a wonderful mirror you've held up for me. Thank you so much. I I really enjoyed hearing that. You're um, most welcome. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How do I answer that? I mean, you know what? It's 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 interesting. I was having this conversation with my partner last night about, you know, preparing for today's conversation and how we were going to, what I was going to say and all that stuff, you know, and we were talking about how, you know, he said, he kind of held a little bit of a mirror up to me too. And said, you know, you, you haven't had any major struggle struggles in your life, have you? You know, and I'm I'm very very fortunate to say that no I haven't really I mean there have been dark days everybody has those I think mm-hmm. you know there's been times of difficulty there's been some times of financial strain um but I do think that the positivity and the can do attitude that I have and that I've developed has definitely helped with that and you know this is a much much deeper place to go but you know is it a nature versus nurture thing you know like my parents did have a very can-do attitude did they teach that to me did I learn that from them and um is it a familial thing I I mean I I don't know I mean that's definitely something to really really explore but I think Mm -hmm. I did grow up in a house with the can-do attitude I think I've been very fortunate in my life to have opportunities to express my can-do attitude as well. I mean, the the career break, I have to say, you know, I I was in a very fortunate position because financially I had made some I, I had sold the business. I didn't walk away with nothing. So I was in a fortunate position where I was able to take off that time and I didn't have to struggle through it. Um, obviously, that isn't a possibility for everybody. I, I understand that. I appreciate that. And um, I am very, very grateful that I did have that opportunity. Those are, those are wise words that you shared. And, you know, it. it 
for some people, they may be thinking, well, okay, Justine may have had a privileged life, but but I look at it on a different level. My perspective is that your parents set you up for success and that taps into the fact that you said when you immersed yourself fully in online networking through the pandemic, you can reflect back and your parents actually were those like-minded people around you who influenced you as a child and who set you on that path to success. And you don't have to have gone through these, these extremes in life to have challenges and obstacles. It all depends on your mindset and how you manage them. And it's what you soak up from those around you and who you are inspired by. So I think you have gone through whatever you've gone through. You've had challenges along the way, whether they're extreme or whether they've been minor challenges, but everybody has that can-do story to share and you've shared a wonderful one for my listeners today. Thank so you. moving on to the last part of the conversation where I'd like you to share your three can-do tips with our listeners, please, Justine. Well, I think that my three can-do tips are, um, well, they have a theme of finding the things that you love to do, because when you find the things that you love to do, you'll actually stick to those things. So my, my three can-do tips are about movement, about planning, and about gratitude. So on the movement side of things, um, it's all about moving your body. It's all about exercise. But as I said, finding the thing that works for you. If it's salsa dancing, if it's Zumba, if it's walking in the park, if it's walking on the beach, if it's, you know, yoga, Pilates, anything like that, just find the thing that works for you. Because when you find that thing, you'll actually stick to it. And movement is just so, so important. And not just for your physical body, but for your mental body, your emotional body, your mm -hmm. soul body. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not something that I was, that I managed to touch on in, in this uh, podcast, but you know, everything that I do works on the four main principles and the four main pillars of the holistic body, the physical body, the emotional body, mental body, and soul body. And certainly moving your physical body is going to help mm -hmm. all of those, all of those pillars for sure. Uh, my second one is about planning. So, and then planning can be in all sorts of different areas of your life. So planning in your day to have your self-care time is so important. Um, meal planning is actually really, really important um, because it just is. <laughs> I mean, I could say go, go for a whole nother 20 minutes about why that's important, but you know, succinctly just planning um, and setting yourself goals is all about planning. But again, in the finding the things that you love to do, you know, as a, as a coach, um, I'm sure you have clients who come to you and just say, oh, can you just tell me what to do? <laughs> but, you know, but we can't, we can't just tell people what to do because those are like our goals and our plans and they have to set their goals and they have to set their plans because once they find the thing that they love to do in those plans, then, you know, they're more likely to stick to it. And finally about um, gratitude and breathing. Um, you know, literally just taking some time to recenter yourself with your breath, 
taking some time to express some kind of gratitude. And again, with the theme of finding things that you love to do, um, you know, I could tell you, I could tell your listeners, I could tell your clients about, you know, take 15 minutes to journal about your day every day. No, that's not going to work for everybody because not everybody likes writing and not everybody wants to be told what to do in that way. But, you know, with gratitude, it literally can just be you know, I'm grateful for my eyes because I can look at the orchids sitting here on my windowsill. I'm grateful for my nose because once I get rid of this cold, I can smell the roses (laughs) again. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, just anything like that. And um, the idea of gratitude was introduced to me way before I was even open to it in terms of somebody introduced me to a a five-step practice to do in the morning in bed, you know, getting up in the morning. And I started doing this years and years and years ago, way before I was even like, quote unquote, into all of this stuff. And the first step is to express gratitude for something. So wake up, just say, I'm grateful for whatever comes into mind. Second thing is to set your intention for the day. And even if that is, I today I intend to get stuff done, but obviously being more specific is useful. Uh, the third thing is to take five deep intentional breaths. The fourth thing is to smile because, you know, it might feel really silly at first to just randomly smile in bed, but, um, you know, once you put that smile on your face and engage those muscles on your face, like your whole body then starts to smile. And the fifth thing, which I found really difficult at first is to forgive yourself for something. Um, uh, because that forgiveness piece actually is really important to just wipe the slate clean for a fresh new day. Um, and I started doing that years ago, uh, and then brought it back into my life recently. It's something that my partner and I do together every morning. And it really, really does set us up for, for a great day. A beautiful routine. And I think those those five steps as part of that gratitude is, is, is really a beautiful way to get your day started. But not just that, but to carry you through your day as well. But I like the whole essence of finding the things that you loved as your mm. as your theme and and moving your body, planning your your day and your time and your mindset, and then also the gratitude. So my final question for you, Justine, is why do you feel a can do attitude is absolutely essential? I think the answer there is in the question. I just think a can do attitude is essential. I I I don't even know that there is a question about it. You know, it's just having that positive mindset, having that can-do attitude, it just attracts, like attracts like, you know, and when you have that can-do attitude, when you have that can-do mindset, you attract other people in your life that also have that mindset. You attract the things in your life that you want. You attract the things in your life that you need. And you just surround yourself with the things that benefit really so I, I I think I think the clues in the question beautiful what a wonderful summary and it's been an absolute joy to talk to you 
I think from everything that I've taken away from today and the people who are listening to this call as well is that you have inspired this deep level of seeking what it is that makes you the happiest and that can inspire that fulfilment in you whatever that looks like that that is that is that driving message I get from you that you need to find out what that is but then do everything in your effort to actually make it work so thank you so much for being my guest on the can do way today Justine thank you so much for having me Gail I've really enjoyed talking to you today most welcome thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience, or intriguing story to share? Always curious and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be my guest. Do get in touch via my website, gailmgibson.com. The Can Do Way podcast, refreshing, positive and real.